lift up our voices as we sing victory in Jesus, and then I'll fly away some glad morning when this life is o'er. I'll fly away for the next song. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning, and I repented of my sins and won the victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory. with youth ministry through Ad Addison County, throughout the area. How many schools are you working through? Uh, all three. All three? Yeah. And, and doing a good job reaching kids, and um, Mary's working with him. I, I understand the kids come there once a week to your house, right? At least. At least. And then the, then the volunteer staff, they're coming and doing dinners there too. So, I mean, 
Todd's brought his mom right in the fold there. Yeah, there's no retirement. You know, no. That's right. Would you open us in prayer? Let's pray. God, thank you so much that we were reminded this morning that we have a past and you sought us. You sought us out and uh, you found us and we have a future. And we get to sing about that this morning. We get to be reminded of what it means to be redeemed and, and called and, and given a hope. Uh, thank you, God, for this moment on this day to be together in your house. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
Amen. Would you please stand together? We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, Behold Our God. Eternal 
this life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire And I just want to speak the name of Jesus depression I speak Jesus cause your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows burn
I'd like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in your New Testament. I'm going to read to you verses 6 down through 16. Our real focus is going to be on verses 11 through 13 this morning. title of the message simply is Living for Christ. The Bible challenges us to set ourselves aside, die to self, that we might live for Christ. And this text really addresses that very well. And, uh, but I'm going to start reading a little before my text because there's some great things I just want to take a second to point out. So if you'll look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to pick it up at verse 6. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is a powerful verse right there. As he talks to you and I about his light of the gospel shining into the darkness of our hearts and transforming us to the glory of God. He goes on in verse seven, he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Those earthen vessels are, uh, he's talking about us. We are that earthen vessel made from nothing but the dust of the earth, the clay of this earth. And he says, you and I, while all of this is in our earthen vessel, it's to show the excellency of the power of God. Because in and of ourselves, we are weak, we are frail. But through God, we are able to live a victorious and powerful life all to his glory. But he comes down as he continues down. He says, we are troubled on every side. And that's a reality, isn't it? When you look at the world we live in today, all around us is perplexity and turmoil. So he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And so he's simply in that little piece of scripture telling us that while we live in a very, very troubled world, when we set ourselves aside and let God live in and through us, we are able to exalt and glorify our Lord. But I told you our real text is verses 11 through 13, that we need to live for Christ. He said all that I just went over to bring us to this place where he would so apparently challenge us to let Christ live through us. Listen to what he says in verses 11, 12, and 13. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. 
We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might be through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. You and I, our goal in life is to set aside our selfishness and embrace the gift of Christ in our lives, that he might live in and through us that we might give glory to God. That's what he's talking to us about. When he starts out in verse 11, that very first part of the verse, he says, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That's a powerful statement for us to step back and think about, that the apostle is telling us under the inspiration of God that every one of us throughout our lives, we live our lives dying, dying to self. It's a spiritual choice. In fact, go with me, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 16 in the Gospels, your very first Gospel, Matthew chapter 16. And I want you to listen to verses 24, 25, and 6, because he's going to talk to you and I about this spiritual choice of living unto self or dying to self and letting Christ live in and through us. Matthew 16, look with me down at verse 24, 25, and 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So just as we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the very first part of verse 11, where he says that we are continually dying unto Christ. Here, Christ himself speaks about you and I being willing to die to self that he might live. And he lays it out for us plainly by saying, what is your soul worth? If a, if a person gains the whole world but loses his soul, what does he gain? And I think in many, many things we see in the world we live in today, we see people willing to barter their very soul. Every value, every, everything they believe in, everything they stand for, if they can just make another buck, they'll sell it all. And Jesus says, if you've gained the whole world, what is that worth against your soul? So here he tells us, when he's talking to his disciples, he says, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And here he's talking about eternal truths. He's saying, if you step back and you say, I'm not going to let Christ have my life. My life is my own. I am my own person. I have no room for Christ. He says, you might save that life. You might keep that to yourself. But in the end, you lose it. 
Because Jesus has made it clear, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by him. So when you go ahead and say, no, I will be my own person. He says, you lose. In fact, he goes on, he says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So it brings us back to our text. If we will die to self and embrace Christ as our Savior, if we will embrace Him and let Him live in us and through us, He says, then you find true life. You save life and life eternal. Look again with me back at our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And as we look at that very first part of verse 11 again, He says, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. The apostles were willing to lay themselves down. They were willing to sacrifice themselves that they might exalt and let Christ live. Not walking upon the earth, but living in and through them. Just as you and I should be still today, right here in Vermont. And you and I are far from the Bible Belt, aren't we? Absolutely. But we are the remnant of God's children. We've received Christ as our Savior. He dwells within our hearts and our souls. And he's saying to us, lay yourself aside that I might live through you. Romans chapter 6. Turn with me real quick there. We're going to look at that for just a second. Romans chapter 6 verses 8 down through 13. And here we find him addressing the same thing again. Romans chapter uh, 6, verses 8 down through 13. He says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Again, he's talking about us laying ourselves aside that Christ might live with us within us. Verse 9, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's calling you and I to embrace that concept, that truth, that spiritual application of dying to self and letting Christ live and reign in us. Look at that carnal nature. Look at those sins that so easily beset us. Look at those things that hinder us in our lives and in our spiritual walk. And he says, push them aside and let Christ reign. As we go back to our text there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we move down to the second part of verse 11, look what he goes on to say. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. It's an easy turn of phrase for us to go ahead and talk about Christ living in us and through us. But it is a genuine biblical truth. And that's what he's talking about here. The second half of verse 11. He says to us that Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. He is asking you and I 
to let Christ live through us in our speech, in our business, in our raising of our children, in our marriages, in our community, letting us allow Christ to be present in the world that we live in today, in our mortal flesh. He's not saying that, that you have to stop living. No, right in this mortal flesh that we are. He says, let Christ reign, let him rule. Get to know Christ to where you become a Christian like Christ. When you turn from your sins, and when I turned from my sins, I was 16 years old. When I came to that place where I knelt down and I said, Lord, I am a sinner. And I believe you're the Savior. And I accept you into my heart and into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. From that time on, we should be striving to let Christ live through us. It's a challenge. It's not easy. It's a transformation, he says. It's an application of truth in a daily walk. And he wants us to do it. He wants us to let our mortal lives become a radiant life of Christ. Go back to our text there in 2 Corinthians 4 and look down with me at verse 15. He says, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. And, and if you look at, you look at that word redound, that's an old English word. I'll point to the screen here instead of the screen back there. That way you're not all cranking your neck back there. You look at that word redound. So sometimes we, we almost make it the word rebound. But it's a little different in its meaning. The word redound means that it is going to have an effect upon something. So when you read it, he says, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace, the grace of God in us and through us, might through the thanksgiving of many have a direct effect. That's what that word redound means. It might have a direct effect to the glory of God. God has called you and he has called me to have an effect on this world to the glory of God. We're supposed to have an effect. It should be that when our life is over, we have made a difference. Now, he's not telling you you've got to be the president of the United States or the mayor or the governor. He's saying you need to be you, but a you that's making a difference for Christ. Letting him live in you and through you. Dying to self, exalting Christ. As we go down in our text, as we look a little bit more at it, we understand that he has an ultimate objective. And the ultimate objective is that God might be glorified. Because he is the creator of all things. He is almighty. He is the sovereign God. Look with me, if you would, at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm going to read to you verses 21 down through 23, and how that God wants us to point all things to him, that we might exalt him. 
Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 21 down through 23. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. Isn't that so interesting? He's saying, listen, God has gone ahead and, and blessed you and I in so many ways. And you and I as the children of God, he says, God works in all things for all of us. But verse 23 is the qualifier. And ye are Christ's, and Christ's is God's. You and I, we receive all the blessings of the Lord in our lives. His grace at work in us. His enabling, his watch care, his guidance. But he says, as much as all those things are for you, don't ever forget that we are Christ's. He bought and paid for us on the cross. We're his children. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ, he says. You and I are part of the family of God. And as much as we are Christ's, we are God's. The very creator of all that is. So he's challenging us to have a bigger vision, a larger picture of who we are as a person. You're not a meaningless dot on some ledger somewhere. You are a valuable person to God. You're a conduit of Jesus Christ for a, a world that is desperately in need. And you and I, we have a, an objective. Our objective is to exalt God himself in a world that's trying to snuff him out. As we go down through the text, look with me at verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So he reminds us. He says, we are the same spirit of faith. My faith in Christ is the same as your faith in Christ. We have each received that through the teaching of God's word, through the testimony of somebody sharing faith. This morning we mentioned that Todd works with um, teen ministries throughout our county. And so our hope and prayer as church people is that what he does is he shares his faith with Christ. But your faith, maybe you got from mom's teaching when you were a little boy, right or wrong? It's right. So Mary's faith, she got it from where? From your mother. Amen. Timothy in the New Testament. Uh, Paul writes to him and says. You've gotten your faith. From your mother and grandmother. It's not that they can give it to you. Like, like Robbie would give a, a $500 bill. You know. It's, it's not like that. Uh, it's passing on the truth. So Mary's mom sat down. And shared the truth of the gospel. Mary did it to Todd. And now Todd, as he reaches out to teens in these schools, he's passing 
the same faith. The same faith as Mary, same faith as Mary's mom, the same faith as my faith and your faith. And so as God inspires him to write this down, Paul is saying, because of these truths, because of dying to self and Christ living in and through me, he says, I have to tell people this. I have to share the truth of the power of letting Christ live in me, living for Christ. We've all lived in this world long enough to see people really, really get beat up by the world. Maybe through bad decisions, maybe by uh, bad financial decisions or bad uh, marital decisions or spiritual decisions or health decisions. And you see bad things happen to them in their lives. And you wish, you so wish you could help them. And in reality, you can't make anybody do anything, can you? But you can share the truth. That's what, that's what he's writing about here. He's saying you can't force people to die to self and let Christ live through them. But he says, I'm compelled to tell you about it. Because it will set you free. It will give you the grace of God at work in your life. It will free you from all the burdens of the carnal man to be able to embrace the spiritual blessings of the spiritual man. I want you to look with me. The last text I'm going to take you to is over in Psalms 116. Turn with me to Psalms 116, and I'm going to read to you verses 7 down through 10. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. That's what David said. He had been betrayed by Absalom, his son. His son had tried to overthrow his kingdom and take him. And in the text, he says, I called all men liars. But then he came back. God restored his kingdom. God restored his household. And we come to this text where he talks about, I had to tell everybody about God's blessings in my life. You and I, the Lord has called us to put the carnal things aside and let Christ in us live through us. Enjoy the blessings of Christ at work. And you won't, you won't be able to hold back from telling others. Every once in a while, somebody will say, oh boy, you know, I, I, I've, told my, I've told my kids, I've told my coworkers, I've told my neighbors, I've, and I, they just, they're not, they're not hearing me. No, you don't know that. You just don't know that. Because the word of God, the, the scriptures teach us that God promises his word shall not return empty, void. 
It goes forth and it does its work. It does its purpose. Now, maybe it's just a little bit. Or maybe it's a lot. Or maybe it's a little bit at a time. Or maybe a lot all at once. But it's still doing its work. God has called you and I, each of us in this room, if you've received Christ as your Savior and you're a child of God, He's asked you, please let Christ live through you. He needs to make a difference in the world. He wants to make a difference in the world. He, he died on the cross for your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers. But He needs you to be a conduit. He needs you to let Christ live through you so that he can touch their lives too. As a 16-year-old as a kid, I worked a construction job, and a guy on the job talked to me about Jesus. And you have your own testimonies. Todd, he was a little boy, and his mom was right there. No, probably not. <laughs> you have your own testimony. For me, it was a guy on a construction job during a, a summer project. For Todd, it was his childhood. For somebody else, you might have been 30, 40, 50. I don't know. Somebody made a difference in your life. And God is asking you to make a difference too. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we come before you. And Lord, we are humbled by your grace and your goodness to us. I pray that you help us. Help us to lay aside the carnal. Help us to overcome the sins that so easily beset us. Help us to let Christ reign and rule in us. For Lord, all that you've done for us is truly amazing. From salvation to our daily breath, it's all a gift. But we know that to your glory and honor. Help us to live a life that reflects that truth. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let's all stand. John's going to lead us in just a verse and maybe right where you are standing. I'm not asking you to sing. John's going to sing. He's going to sing one verse. And as he sings, maybe you, maybe right where you are, you can just bow your head and say, yes, Lord. I will die to self that Christ might live in me. Humble yourselves. Let's do it together. As John sings that song. Savior, say thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all.
Father in heaven, as we come to the conclusion of our service this morning, I pray that you'd be with us as we go forth. Help us to go forth as a mighty army, representing you in every nook and cranny, every highway, every byway, every shop and every office and every home. Help us to represent you. We thank you for the incredible gift of life and life eternal. Help us to give it to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. John is going to dismiss us with a little chorus. He is exalted. The King is exalted on high. I will praise Him. He is exalted forever exalted and I will praise His name. The King is exalted on high. Amen. We're dismissed this morning.